God, you will pray. Hallelujah. If you have faith in God, you will be a person of prayer. Prayer is a very great act of faith. So let's hear the word of God and continue our message on the importance, some important reasons why we must pray. So remember also that prayer is communicating with our Father in heaven. Hallelujah. Just like a father wants to communicate with his son or daughter, this, in the same way, God in heaven, even more, wants to communicate with us. So you and I must be people who yearn to speak to our Father in heaven. So prayer is communicating with our Father in heaven. Also, prayer, like we said last week, is spiritual warfare. But let's form the habit of praying because we need to communicate with our Father in heaven. Even Jesus Christ, who is God, who came down from heaven, he needed to pray every day and for hours every day. As was his custom, he, he did two things on a regular basis, as was his custom. Number one, he always went to the synagogue or church, let's say. He always went to, to, to the synagogue, always went to, to the brethren, the assembling of ourselves together, like Hebrews 10.25 says. So that he did regularly, as was his custom, or as was his routine. Another routine of Jesus was that he always went to a solitary or quiet place and there prayed. So there is a good, it's very good to join prayer meetings, church prayer meetings, but it is also very important to have your personal prayer time. Hallelujah. So some reasons why we must pray. Number one, prayer is a great act of faith. Number two, prayer makes you and I into people of authority. I'm a person of authority because I am an expert in the subject matter, or I, or, or I know who I'm talking about. As I, as, as I speak, I am very confident of what I'm saying because I was in his presence. I was in God's presence. I spoke to God. God spoke to me. So when I come out and I'm either praying or commanding something or declaring something or, 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 or praying for something, I am confident because of the authority I have because I have been communicating with him and he with me. So prayer makes us into people of authority. Number three, prayer makes us into people of anointing. The anointing that destroys the yoke. Number four, prayer binds demonic activities in lives. Hallelujah. Number five, prayer is important Hallelujah. Wow. Prayer is important because prayer binds, uh, sorry, prayer, pray, prayer creates and gives birth to new dimensions in ministry. Hallelujah. Prayer gives birth to new dimensions in ministry, in life, in every endeavor, whether it is business whether it is work, whether it is ministry, whether it is in anything you and I want to do, prayer gives birth to new dimensions. Hallelujah. Number seven, getting some technical difficulties. Prayer releases captives. Very, very important. Prayer releases captives. Look at Acts chapter 16 and verse 31. You and I 
as Christians can stand on the word of God according to Acts chapter 16, verse 31, and pray for our kinfolk or our family members. Acts 16, 31, and they said, in fact, let's start from verse 28, why not? Always read in context, otherwise you misrepresent the scriptures. But the Bible says, study to show yourself approved unto God. Acts 16, 28 says, but Paul cried. This was when Paul and Silas were in jail. Let's go to verse 24. And their backs were bleeding, and they prayed to God. They prayed, and after that, they sang praises to God. And as they were singing praises to God, the other prisoners were hearing them. Then the Bible says that, okay, that's verse 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Verse 26. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Anytime we praise the Lord, anytime we sing praises to the Lord, the foundation of the devil's camp, the foundation of the prison chains in people's lives or in whatever we are going through will be shaken and immediately the bands will be loosed. So the Bible says the foundation of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands or chains were loosed. Praise, there's a, there's a blessing in praise, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Verse 27. And the keeper of the prison awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had fled. The prisoners had been fled. Because in those days, if you were supposed to keep, remember that earlier on, I think verse 23 to 24, the Bible says that they were fastened with chains, secured with chains, and they were in the deep dungeon. So any keeper of the prison or guard who was able, who, 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 who allowed them to escape, or if someone escaped under their care, they were usually executed. So the, the person, uh, that's why I say, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the innermost prison and made their feet fast in stock because he was told that, please go to the verse we are waiting for. So he was told that, Keep the people secure. If you don't keep them secure, it's automatic what will happen. You will be executed. So, they, 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 so, so when the jailer heard it, he put Paul and Silas in the innermost jail, in the dungeon, and secured them with chains. So when he saw that they had escaped and the prisoners had escaped, he drew his sword to kill himself because he was going to be executed anyway, and it would have been a cruel execution. Supposing that the prisoners had been fled, verse 28, but Paul cried with a loud voice saying, do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Others would have fled, but Paul knew that he would be executed and wanted him saved. So he did not run away. He, he stayed there. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. And brought them out and said, says, what must I do to be saved? Glory to God. That's what we want to hear all the time. What must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. There you go. There you go. Amen. And thy house. So you and I can stand on this word and say, God, I pray for my kinfolk. I pray for my family members. I pray, oh God, in Jesus' name, mention their names. Your word says that I will be saved and my household. 
So send a laborer, send laborers to cousin Susan or cousin Jackson, send laborers to cousin Jackson so that the laborers would speak to cousin Jackson and say, uh, cousin Jackson will be saved. Because that's why Jesus said, pray to the Lord of the harvest that you send laborers. So many times, if you want a kinfolk or a family member to be saved or someone to be saved and you've tried, it's best to pray for God to send a laborer to them. Hallelujah. But make sure that it is not just of the letter calling laborers and all that stuff, but you are praying for them. You are interceding for them. Can I have an amen? Very good. So let's continue. The next very, very important reason why you and I must pray is because prayer does a very fantastic thing. What does it do? Prayer is the source of our power and our protection. Very important. Many don't understand that prayer is the source of our power and our protection. Daniel knew this. That's why he made sure that nothing prevented him from praying. Daniel prayed three times a day because Daniel knew that it was because of his prayer and his devotion to God that he was the prime minister or, he, he was, he, or, or rather he was second in command under Nebuchadnezzar. Now, just a quick history. The first world empire on earth, the second world empire, world empire the third and then the fourth were all predicted in the final, were all predicted by God in the book of Daniel. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, and Daniel also had a dream, hallelujah, and or vision, and it was predicted exactly. An example, the first world empire was the Babylonian empire by Nebuchadnezzar, through Nebuchadnezzar, hallelujah. And then Belshazzar, uh, uh, his grandson, took over hallelujah, and uh, still the Babylonian empire. And then we all know the story about the writing on the wall because he defied the, the precious vessels in the temple. Then there was a writing on the walls, which was interpreted the meat and the Persians. You, you have been found wanting, but the meat and the Persians are coming to take over. So just around that time, the meat and the Persians, Cyrus the Great, Ogarabu, climbed the wall and killed the uh, uh, the, 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 the emperor and took over and the, 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 the sorry, the medio Persian empire took over. The Medes and the Persians came together to form the medio Persian empire and they were the second world empire, all in the book of Daniel and in history. Then the third world empire was the Greek or Grecian empire, which we all know before Alexander the Great came. It was all predicted, hallelujah. And the, uh, Alexander the Great was someone who was, I think his mentor was, I believe Aristotle also, but he, he was a great uh, emperor, very young guy, and he conquered almost the whole world. Almost the whole world, Alexander the Great, conquered almost the whole world, but his conquest was not because he was great, even though he has the title Alexander the Great, but it was because of, the prophecy that the meat, I mean, sorry, the, the Greek empire would take over. Then Daniel had a, a, a vision about 
four wings which were plucked. So the Greek, which represented that, the, or which meant that the Greek empire will be split into four. And it happened in history. When Alexander the Great died, he did not have a successor. Well, he died of either the Western virus or malaria, one of those diseases, but he did not have a successor. So his four generals took over the kingdom, four, and it happened practically. But Daniel was great in three empires, the Babylonian under Nebuchadnezzar, his grandfather, so his grandson, Belshazzar, and the Medo-Persian Empire by, with Cyrus or Darius. Hallelujah. And Daniel knew that for him to be second in command under uh, the, the, all these empires, the, the, the Babylonian Empire by uh, Nebuchadnezzar and Belshazzar, and now by Cyrus, he knew that it was because of his prayer. The Bible says that the whole Persian Empire, which also included Babylon and the Jewish people, that empire was uh, uh, ruled by 120 princes. They governed the Persian Empire. And ahead or, 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 or leading or, 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 or over the 120 presidents, the, sorry, 120 princes, there were three presidents, and Daniel was first among the three. Why was Daniel first? Because he had a, a, a heart of prayer. Because he was a person of prayer, he prayed three times a day. So that made Daniel a very successful person. Hallelujah. So when there was a threat on Daniel's life, stop praying. If you don't stop praying, you'll be thrown into the den of lions. And the lions were stabbed so that anyone who entered will be executed or died by the, the lions. But Daniel knew that, look, I will prefer to die because it is God who sustains me. It is God who protects me. And I'm not going to allow any man to affect me or destroy me. So I am going to continue to pray as I was aforetime. So as soon as the decree was written and it was signed that no one should pray to ask any petition except for Darius uh, uh, or Cyrus, what happened? Then Daniel opened the windows in, towards Jerusalem and prayed three times a day. When he was found out, he was thrown into the den of lions. But because Daniel was a man of prayer, the Bible says that an angel shut the lion's mouth and the lions found innocency in Daniel and they did Daniel no harm because he was a person of prayer. Hallelujah. So it's very, very important for you and I to realize that no matter what happens, no matter what is happening in our lives, no matter the threat, always remember that prayer is our source of power. It's our source of blessing. It is our source of power and protection. We also know about Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 10 to 18. Verse 12 says, for we stra our struggle is not against flesh and blood but it's against all these evil spirits and all these demonic forces. So you and I must realize that prayer is our source of power and protection against these evil things, against the things we are fighting against. Very, very important. You and I must realize that it is prayer which guarantees and generates the power of God on our behalf. Very, very important. And Jesus knew the importance of prayer. That is why he spent long hours praying. Hallelujah. 
Let's look also at another important thing. So how many are getting it so far? It's very, very important before we continue. Let's develop the habit of praying. Let's all have it at the back of our minds that there is a war, a spiritual war. There is danger all around us. But when we are in Jesus, when we are people who pray regularly, we are protected from every evil. The Bible says in Luke chapter 10 that God has given us power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt us. I believe it's 19. Let's look at Luke 10, 19. 18 and 19, I think it's 19. Hallelujah. So you and I must realize that prayer is not just, I'm just praying, we're having a prayer meeting, but it is for our own good. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Believe it, and we must pray accordingly. Hallelujah. You and I have nothing to fear when we are prayerful people like Daniel. Many people wanted to kill Daniel. These people did not only think about killing Daniel. They actually organized a plot to eliminate him. But through the power of prayer, Daniel was protected from the lions. Hallelujah to Jesus. May you and I remember that. Number The, the next point is that in order to acquire and sustain the blessings of God, we need to pray. We need to pray. In order to acquire and sustain the blessings of God, we need to be people of prayer. Now, back to the story of Daniel. Daniel was a man who was blessed. I mean, think about it. The enemy, even the enemy, when an enemy overthrows a kingdom in those days, they don't leave any of their executives alive because they can rebel and eventually take over. But they, they killed all of them and left Daniel. Think about it. They left Daniel and actually made him, put him in charge under Cyrus or Darius. Hallelujah. Very, very, very important. So this shows clearly that Daniel knew that it is because of my prayer that I am blessed. It is because of my prayer that I'm second in command. Even though Daniel was a captain, think about it. His beginnings, he was a captain from Judah. This was someone who, who, was, uh, who was a captain. Nebuchadnezzar destroyed the temple. He destroyed the temple in Jerusalem completely and took captives from Jerusalem and Judah. And as he took captives from there, Daniel was one of them. Most likely he was from a, a, a royal family or from a, a high lineage. And he was taken from there and was, 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 was a captive. So how can someone who is a captive become second in command under Nebuchadnezzar who destroyed the temple? It's because prayer is, the, the, is, is, is how we acquire our blessings. Not just prayer, of course, you need to be devoted to God. You need to be someone who is into the word of God. But prayer is very, very important. And that is something Daniel did very, very clearly. And God blessed him in every way. No matter what he did, he was blessed. Amen. There is also a sustaining of the blessing, not just being blessed. But how do you sustain the blessing? There are many people who move up. 
that eventually go down. There are people who move up. As for moving up, you can move up. But are you going to stay up? Are you going to be sustained up? How do you and I get a sustained position up? By the Lord. Only by God. You can even be up and be miserable. I've spoken to someone who was very high up in a certain company, but he was miserable. Miserable. I spoke to certain people. I mean, look, there are people with issues. So being high up in a, in a company does not mean you are happy. Being high up in a company does not mean that you are satisfied. Being high up in a company does not mean that you are fulfilled. No, it doesn't mean so. Whether you are a CEO or you are an executive or you own, it, it doesn't matter. There are many miserable people. Money does not bring, bring happiness. That's why Jesus said, beware of covetousness. For a man's life does not consist of the abundance of the things that he or she possesses. It does not. But how do you sustain the blessings? Look at Psalm 91. Let's look at verse 14 in the NLT. Hallelujah, Jesus. Psalm 91, NLT, verse 14. It says something very, 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 very powerful. Hallelujah. Psalm 91 and verse 14. Because he had set his love upon me. Now, we all know that if you love someone, you will not be silent. If you really love someone, you, you speak to the person. It can't be that you love someone and you don't talk to the person. So you can't say, I love God, and you don't say anything to him. Because he had set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. There you go. I will set him, please, NLT, NASB, NASB. I will set him on high because he had known my name. NASB, New American Standard Bible. Because he has loved me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high because he had known, has known my name. So you love God and you know his name. You know his name, Jehovah. You know his name, El Shaddai. You know that he's the promise keeper. You know that he's a hair, a share, a hair. You know that he is the I am. He's the promise keeper. You know that he is Jehovah. You know that he is Yahweh. You know that he is Jesus. Because you can find all the Jehovah in Jesus Christ. So I will set him securely on high because he has known my name. But remember that this is someone who has set his love or her love upon Jesus or upon God. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Am I preaching to somebody? By the power of prayer, you and I will achieve many great things. It is by prayer that you and I will sustain what God has placed in our hands. Only by prayer. I tell you that if you and I want to sustain the blessings of God, we need to be people who pray. Some people receive a blessing from God. After receiving the blessing, that's it. They stop going to church. They stop reading the Bible. They stop praying. But God has blessed them. How many Christians were praying, were reading their Bibles, they were praying, praying, God opened doors and God heard them, opened the doors. 
Once the doors were opened, prayer fled from their lives. Or actually, they fled from prayer. Prayer cannot flee from you, but they fled from prayer and they stopped praying. But remember that it is just the beginning. The place God has placed you, this promotion you have, that is not all God has for us. The Bible says he is going to do far more exceeding abundantly above all that we can ever ask of him. The Bible says the blessings of the Lord, they make rich and added no souls. So yes, you've been promoted. You are praying and God has promoted you. God has opened doors for you. So you feel that that is all. You feel you've arrived. But that is just the beginning. But if you stop praying, then you might not get to the level God wants you to get to or the, the level from a scale of one to 10. Maybe you were two, a two, and God has moved you to a four. And a four is pretty good because most people are a four. But God has a 10 for you and I on a scale of one to 10. But you are in a four and you feel that you've arrived. You feel that, look, everything is cool. You've, you, you've now puffed up and you feel that, look, I am I, I, my own person. It is by my own strength I, 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 I am where I am. And, and, and yes, it is not God. It's my own strength. I had to study hard for the exam. I had to work hard. I had to work late night. It is my own effort. So there's no need to pray. I'm going to work hard. And as you work hard, you realize that you cannot progress as far as you can. Or even if you progress in a certain way, there is no fulfillment. There is no security and you make a mistake like everyone does and unfortunately you are either let go or something happens or there is a reorganization and you are let go and you are shattered why are you shattered because you put your trust in your job but when you put your trust in god and you put your trust in in god and you pray as a result of your trust in god even if it's not very fast you move steadily up. It's better to move steadily up and be secure up than to move up quickly. You'll be at a cap, but there is more. And remember that a man's life does not consist of the abundance of the things that he or she possesses. Trust me, you and I will not want to be like Michael Jackson, who had all the money, but had legal problems and couldn't sleep. Money is not the source of happiness. But money answered all things like the Bible says. But the lack of money is the root of all kinds of evil. So God has a lot of provision for us, but he wants us to prioritize. Let God be first, and then money and the others be next, below. You must like yourself more than money. So money should be somewhere low, but still a priority, so that you can be a blessing to others. So ladies and gentlemen, prayer is important. If you and I don't pray, or we started praying and God has blessed us and we stop, then we are, then we've not, we are not aiming high. Look at Daniel. Daniel was very, very high. And realized that before anything major happens on earth, angelic activities have occurred, or God has declared it before. When you look at Ezekiel, you see the king of Tyre the prince of Tyre and then the king of Tyre. So there was a spiritual cherubim, spiritual entity, most likely Satan, long ago, who was, was the king of Tyre. So he was kind of controlling the scenes, but there was a physical king there 
who thought he was the one controlling, but it was actually not him. When you read Ezekiel another time. Also, before anything major happens, an example, when Daniel had fasted and he was in fasting and he was waiting for the restoration from Jeremiah and nothing had happened. He, he didn't see anything happening and he fasted. The Bible says that God sent the answer through an angel. But as the angel was coming, the prince of Persia withstood him. The prince of Persia withstood Daniel. Then Michael, the chief prince, came to his aid. And as soon as Daniel finished, Daniel said, I must go because the Christian prince is there and I must go and deal with him. Not too long after, the Greek empire took over. Alexander the Great started to act and started to move and the Greek empire took place. So you see that there was an angelic battle between Michael after the Prince of Persia. Remember that the Persian empire was before the Greek empire. Right after the Persian empire, Alexander the Great took over and actually conquered the, uh, the, uh, the Persian empire. He actually conquered the Persians. Alexander the Great conquered the Persians and the Persians conquered Babylon. But before the conquest, there was an angelic battle. So imagine prayer was able to produce an angelic activity, bringing, of course, we don't pray for to angels. No, Chris, God doesn't say that we should pray angel. They don't know. We are, even Jesus said, do you not know that I will call my father and he will send 12 legions of angels. So we are not to pray to angels, but when we pray to God in the name of Jesus Christ, angels are dispatched and action takes place and God establishes blessings in our lives, even before they happen. So for example, next year's blessings, six months uh, from now's blessings, God has already determined it based on what I'm doing now or what I've done in the past or what we are doing and what we've done in the past. We pray into the future. We store our blessings ahead of us as we pray. So as I'm praying, I'm praying for protection for things that have not yet come. That's why the Bible talks about the fact that it, 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 when we pray in the spirit, when we pray in the Holy Ghost, we are speaking mysteries. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Let's start from verse 1 to 4. Follow after love and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that he may prophesy. Now, this prophesy here is not per se foretelling of foretelling the future per se only, but this word prophesy here is uh, 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 it is speaking the mind of God in a word in, in using the Bible. So you, you take the Bible and God gives you insight into what he wants the church to know. And then you write it down with Bible scriptures and it becomes like a prophecy. And usually prophecy is equal to tongues and interpretation. But when we are talking about spiritual gifts, we will touch on that. But rather that ye may prophesy. So God is saying that follow after love or charity, which is love, and desire spiritual gifts, which we should. We should. But rather ye may prophesy, verse 2. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. 
For no man understandeth him, how be it, oh glory to God. In the spirit he speaketh mysteries. So God is saying that the one who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to people. No one understands it. The person speaking doesn't understand it. But it's only God who understands. And when there is an interpretation of the tongue, it is only God who understands it. And then he reveals it to someone to interpret. But it is God who did it because no one understood it. How be it in the spirit he speaks or speaketh mysteries, divine utterances, divine mysteries, secrets, solutions, mysteries of the future. Verse 3. But he that prophesied speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edified himself, but he that prophesied edified the church. Let's get a couple more. I don't want to touch on this yet. Um, I would rather, I would that ye all speak with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied. For greater is he that prophesied than he that speaketh with tongues, except he, inter except he interpret that the church may receive edification. Uh, yeah, as you go on, you realize that tongues plus interpretation is a cause to prophecy. Hallelujah. But the key is in verse 3. Let's go to verse 3. See verse 2 or 3. The key is in verse 2. How be it in the spirit he speaketh mysteries? Oh, hallelujah. In the spirit, so as you pray in other tongues, as you pray in other tongues, you are speaking mysteries. You are speaking divine utterances about the future. So as I'm praying to, in tongues, I'm praying about things I don't know about before they happen. Because the Bible says, look, let's go to Romans chapter 8. Think, let's start from verse 21. Romans 8. I think it's from 24, but let's start from 21. Okay, let's go to 23. Verse 24. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? Yeah, this is very important. But if we hope for that we see not, then do we have then do do we with patience wait for it? You can't hope for something you've seen. Likewise, let's use NLT and uh, okay, let's let's use it in a, let's let's read it in King James or we'll read use another verse. We are going from uh, verse 20, 26 and 27 only. Let's start. Likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities, our weaknesses. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself maketh, please, this is good, maketh intercession for us. The Spirit himself, not itself, himself. The Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered or which cannot be uttered in articulate speech. Verse 27. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Let's look at NLT, verse 26 and 27. 
And the Holy Spirit helps us in our distress or weaknesses, for we don't even know what we should pray for. Why does this verse say that? Because let us keep it, we'll continue. Why does the Bible say that, or God say that we do not know what we should pray for, nor how we should pray? Because you and I don't know the future. We don't know the things that are coming up or the things that we should pray for in advance. We don't know what to pray for the way we should. Otherwise, we'll be praying for the problem that is going to come or wants to come tomorrow, God way. Or there might be someone who is, is in distress. I, I know someone who was in the US and the mother was in Cameroon or is not in Botswana. And the person woke up at night and felt distressed and felt the, the, the need to pray. So she started praying. She didn't know what she was praying about. So she prayed in understanding and felt that, Lord, you know what? What am I praying about? So she started, just started to speak in other times. As she was speaking other times, she just felt the calm after praying for maybe 30 minutes or an hour or whatever and slept. The next day, the mother called and said that she almost died in some wild accident just around the time she was praying. So we don't know, even know what we should pray for, nor how we should pray. You and I don't know the future. How are we going to know what to pray for, for someone far away or for our future? We don't know. But the Holy Spirit prays for us. That's why I said I speak of mysteries. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. As we pray in other times, the Holy Spirit is interceding for us. Continue. And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. So God's will. Then when look at verse 28. So you realize that it's all connected. And we know that God causes all things to work together because there are people who are praying also. And we love God and we are the call. So it, it, it's all connected. So when you and I are praying, we don't know what we are supposed to pray for. But the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses and distress because we don't know how to pray or what we should pray about. But the Holy Spirit helps us so that we can pray according to the will of God, so that we can pray mysteries and solutions. There are many things that God has delivered us from. God has given to us many blessings, many, many things that we have received or God has prevented from happening to us that we don't know about, but we'll find out in, we'll find out in heaven only because we're praying. There are many accidents, many evils, many things that God has delivered us from because of prayer that we didn't know that uh, were delivered. And many of us will never know till there's a word of prophecy or, you know, or maybe or some other way but God will surely let it be disclosed when we meet him face to face. So ladies and gentlemen, prayer is very important. And because of the law of degeneration in this world, if you think about it, everything is decaying in this world. The law of decay has been set in, even in math, decay. That's why you can leave a car, brand new car, brand new house for 10 years, or even less than 10 years, maybe a year or two, 
No one has entered the house. The house is locked tight and brand new. When you move in there, the house will not be right. It, it, it can be a problem. It, it, the law of decay will set in after some years. Hallelujah. And that's why we must pray. Everything is decaying. Whether it's your business, whether it's your life, whether it's your church, whether it's your relationships, everything is decaying. It takes the power of God through prayer to preserve everything that God has given to us. That's why Daniel prayed. Hallelujah. So I want to encourage us to never give up on prayer. Know that prayer always works. Jesus said, with men, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. All things, no matter what it is. No matter the enemy, no matter the evil, no matter the problem. Is there a problem that cannot be solved? Yes, it cannot be solved by humans. But God can solve every problem. Let's pray and we will see God prove over and over and over again that there is no mountain that he cannot reach. No valley that he can that too deep or low that he cannot reach. That he will be able to do everything and give us all good things to enjoy. Let's trust God. And let's remember what our Lord said in Luke chapter 18, verse 1 to 8. Verse 1 says, And Jesus, he spake a parable to them to this end. He spake a parable to them for this reason, that people should always pray and never give up. Don't faint. Don't faint. Look at NLT. Don't give up. Don't give up on what you are praying about. Continue to pray. Don't ever feel that prayer doesn't work. Luke 18, one NLT says, on one, one day, Jesus told his disciples a story to illustrate their need for constant prayer and to show them that they must never give up. Never give up. Pray because prayer works. Pray because prayer moves mountains. Pray because prayer causes the impossible to become possible. May you and I receive the impossibilities. May you and I take territories. May you and I conquer. May you and I be great in God's house. May you and I do great things for God as we pray. But remember that for prayer to be effective, it must be constant. It must be habitual. You and I, for, for prayer to work, we must make it a habit. Make it a habit to pray regularly. Let it be our routine. Let, let it be a routine that every day, every day we pray. I'm not talking about two-minute prayer. Every day, aim to pray for at least one hour a day. If you fall short, you've fallen short five or six days, and even the falling short, you pray 30 minutes and lose this view. We have to pray. Pray. Even after having your quiet time and your time of prayer, you can pray in other times as you are doing stuff. As you are watching TV, as you are driving, you can be praying other times after you have spent time alone with an intimate time with God. I'm, I'm talking about, when I say an hour, I'm talking about an hour of intimate time with God, intimacy with God, where we are, we are, we are having a one-to-one, -one, a heart-to-heart with God. That one, you, 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 you leave everything and you spend the time with the Lord in the Word and in prayer. And God will bless you. God bless you. I'm not at a word. I'm just out of time. Shall we?
just speak to the Lord. Father God, we bless your name and worship you. Thank you for the opportunity to pray and to trust you and to depend upon your word. Thank you for the grace of God to know that all things are possible, that prayer works, prayer moves mountains, prayer brings results. Your word says that the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous man, which also means woman, availeth much, or makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. We believe it, Lord, and we thank you for the opportunity to pray. And the fact that prayer always, always works. In Jesus' name, amen. Whilst we are uh, in the prayer mode, if you are watching and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you know in your heart that you are not born again, if you know in your heart that you are far away from God, if you know that if you die today or Jesus Christ comes today, you know in your heart that you will not go to heaven. If you want your sins forgiven, you want to be washed with the blood of Jesus Christ, then I want to make something very clear to you. You must be born again. You must be saved. You must be saved. Now, to be saved, we must believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is God. We must believe that he died on the cross for our sins, that his blood was shed for our sins, and that God raised him from the dead. We must believe this. If you can believe it with your heart, then you are righteous. If you confess it with your mouth after believing with your heart, you are saved. If you want Jesus Christ to save you, then repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that he came down from heaven And he died on the cross for my sins. I believe that his blood was shed for my sins. I believe that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart. Please come into my life. Forgive me for all my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From today, I belong to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Father God, we bless you for those who have surrendered their lives to you, Lord Jesus. Bless them, keep them, preserve them. I pray that Jesus Christ will be formed in their hearts. In Jesus' name.
Amen. God bless you. It's now time for us. How can you go to church without giving to the Lord? Hallelujah. The Lord says a lot about giving. It's amazing. It says a lot about giving. Giving to the church, giving to righteous causes, giving to build the church of God, giving to poor, giving to orphans, everything and giving. And then in Acts, the Bible explains that the Lord Jesus said that it is more blessed to give than to receive. I want to encourage us to give a good amount to the Lord. Let's keep, let's have the, 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 yes. I want to encourage us to give a good amount to the Lord. Today, just decide to give something. Don't give a dollar to the Lord. Give a good amount. Some should give $30. Some should give $40. Some should give $100. Give a good amount to bless the Lord. And God bless you. Shall we pray? Father God, bless us as we give to support your work, your kingdom, to feather your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you all. God bless you all. Let me share a word of benediction. Father God, we bless everyone watching. May the Lord bless you all. May the Lord keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance upon you. And may he give you peace. May his blessings and favor and protection be your portion. May his blessings which make rich and added no sorrows be upon you now and forevermore. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you all. God bless you. And shalom, shalom, shalom. Hallelujah.